before we get to our show, here is a podcast we think you're going to love. I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. And we have a podcast just for you fans of Mr. R.L. Stein. That's right. Danielle and I grew up tucked into a corner with Fear Street goosebumps and a snack. And now we're doing it all over again. Every other week, Christy and I will grab a treat and take you back through our favorite books from our favorite teen horror author. We add music and sound effects to help the story along, and we do our fair share of running on tangents too. So grab yourself a snack and find us every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Let's do it. Friends and enemies, welcome to your favorite Unsolved Mysteries Rewatch podcast. This is Perhaps It's You. I'm Liz. And I'm Samantha. And we would like to say a special hello to B.D. Wong, wherever he may be. Thanks for listening, B.D. Wong. Yeah, he's definitely, wherever he is, he's definitely listening. Perhaps on like a hike. Ooh, you know? yeah. I bet, I bet B.D. Wong is on a hike. I bet he's on, you know, just like a short hike, stay in shape. Uh, but while listening to the podcast, that sounds totally true. <laughs> prove it's not true. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, unless you're B.D. Wong. That's going to be really hard to prove you're not true. So B.D. Wong, get in touch. Say I'm a liar. That's fine. <laughs> Hi, Samantha. Hi. It's uh, raining super hard here. I don't know if that's going to like pick up on uh, on the audio or I can't what, hear it. but well, good. Like, it was raining. Really coming down. A minute ago, but it seems to have stopped. Somehow, if since we have to stay home all the time, I kind of prefer that it's raining. So it's just like, oh, yeah, I'd be staying home anyway. It's fine. I do feel the same. And it's been like threatening to rain all weekend. And every day I've been like, where's this fucking rain? At? And it's finally, <laughs> finally arrived Sunday afternoon. Uh, the rain is finally here. And it's finally time to listen to a new episode of Perhaps It's You. Yes. Uh, uh. Do we have any updates? I wanted to thank listener Thomas, who sent us some lavender shortbread cookies that I just opened up, and man, oh man, are they delicious. I noticed there's two boxes. I assume you expected me to give one of those to Samantha. <laughs> you are dead wrong about that. <laughs> what a sucker you are. I will be eating them all. Uh, they're very good. Thank you. Except when I sneak into your house in the middle of the night and steal out box. That sounds del- sounds delicious. I would blame it on a ghost. And I was like, huh, I really thought we got two boxes of these shortbread cookies. And then it's like, mm, I don't know, Liz. Have you checked for ghosts? <laughs> or just a man living in your attic that you don't even know is there? Okay, I have a very tiny entrance to my attic. It's like just a square that's basically like the circumference of a person. And I have never peeked up there i'm kind of scared of it i'm convinced it's full of spiders max says that's not true but i mean it's just like you know it's it's not even like really useful for storage it's just like where insulation is and crap like that but i mean you don't know that there's not someone up there eating your shortbread cookies as we speak (laughs) that's my that's kind of my point is i don't know anything could be up there i really don't know there could be treasure up there you really should maybe send mac up there to investigate he's he looked you know to assure me it's not just like a spider breeding ground 
which was my fear, but there could just be there's a there's a movie i've never seen called like hider in the house or something uh-huh, that's like uh-huh. like a guy who's like built into the house and he's like you know i mean i'm assuming it's a much bigger house but he's just like living in the attic or something and they don't know he's there that is nightmare fuel for sure yeah there's one episode of millennium where a killer goes to open houses and then like hides in a closet and then comes out and kills people and that fucking scared me so bad i'm kind of scared i'm kind of scared right now talking about it (laughs) okay so if anybody out there is trying to sell your home and you have an open house like just check the closets before you go to sleep please because that that really scared me it's well, kind of, like now, I think, like, now that it's COVID, right, you have to make, like, appointments. And I'm I think sure. But I don't know that the owner is there. Like, I think there's ways where you can, like, be let into the house. I don't know, with some sort of locking mechanism on the door or something. I'm not really oh, sure. Oh, yeah, but sure. It seems yeah, yeah. like one of those people could just stay behind in the closet, and that's terrifying. Watch yeah, out, I probably everyone. Should, I probably shouldn't have brought that up. All our listeners uh, are having nightmares as we speak. Um... I also wanted to bring up. I recently saw a little a little news item uh, that and this is from a while ago, but I just became aware of it. This is from quite a while ago. Uh, that mega superstar Lucy Liu has had sex with a ghost. This is the the little clip. I I saw this clipping on Twitter. <laughs> While promoting Charlie's Angels in 1999, Lucy Liu revealed to U.S. Weekly that she had had a sexual encounter with a ghost. Some sort of spirit came down from God knows where. Oh, sorry. That's very different. <laughs> Some sort of spirit came down from God knows where and made love to me, said Lou. It was sheer bliss. I felt everything. I climaxed. And then he floated away. It was almost like what might have happened to Mary. That's how I felt. Something came down and touched me, and now it watches over me. Wow. Honestly, is that the perfect sexual partner? Yes. Also, I'm like jealous of this ghost. <laughs> Oh, 100%. To be the ghost that had sex with Lucy Liu and is like now her guardian angel, I guess. That's amazing. It's an amazing tale. I wish I knew more. Uh, Oh, also, I think I forgot to mention an update from a case we talked about recently where it turns out the person we were talking about is author Lois Duncan, who wrote like, I know what you did last summer. Yeah, we totally slipped our minds. I think it's because we were so hung up on how like absurdly racist she was <laughs> that it just like didn't connect in it didn't my brain to me that, that would be the same lois duncan yeah it or didn't I- occur to me at all no. um apparently she's written a couple books about her daughter's death that are supposedly good i i don't know i don't really apologize i just was unaware yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i forgot that i meant to acknowledge <laughs> that egregious error <laughs> uh yeah we just yeah didn't put two and two together that lois duncan yeah oh it's that lois duncan who va- blames quote the vietnamese for her daughter's death that's strange <laughs> um but yeah if, if anybody has read those books about her daughter's death and i don't know has a a, a specific recommendation or thinks we should read them or something let us know yeah that was that was a weird twist didn't see that coming i know i didn't see that one coming either i have a small update and a thank you to listener amy who in our facebook group posted the pronunciation of that weird town from our last episode it started with oh yeah yeah 
The way that Amy says it's pronounced is Scaniatlas. That's what we said, right? Which is weird. I don't think so. But that is how it's pronounced. (laughs) I think that's exactly what we said. I see no room. I see no room for an improvement. Or is it the town or the lake? I don't remember. Maybe it was both. I'm not sure. Anyway, that was how it was. That's the pronunciation. I I think it was the town. She just remembered that it started with an S and was in New York and had a weird name. And somehow from that, people figured out it was going to be Scanny Atlas. Yeah. However you say it. It's a, that's how you say it. So it's a weird and it's a weird name. Is it the weirdest name in the whole state? Not sure. But it is weird. I like the idea that cops sat down with a map and they were like, mm, that's not that weird. Mm, <laughs> this one, that's also not that weird. St. Lorraine. Subjective. I wouldn't call that weird. No. Uh, yeah. It's kind of interesting to think yeah. about. Yeah. That was my only update. Very important. Oh, very important. Um. Yeah, I don't know that I have any others. I'm mostly thinking about this Lucy Lou ghost situation. Oh, someone else pointed out in our Facebook group that Werewolf Smackdown is like the fifth book in a series. Are you going to let your mom know so she can read the other ones? <laughs> you know, she was not that impressed with Werewolf Smackdown, so I don't think so. Um. Yeah, I, it's also supposed to be like a kind of a satirical series. So clearly those those jokes were not landing. <laughs> clearly because like we were making fun of it for being silly and i guess it is like intentionally so- <laughs> silly but also if my mom wasn't like oh this book is so funny she was like i don't know <laughs> werewolf smackdown oh whoa i do have such an important update oh my goodness thanks for reminding me samantha my mom what? read the stone prince a very important update yeah she was very disappointed gotta say let's let's find Dang. that text this, is, this was the text I got. Sadly, stone statues appear to be nothing like gargoyles. <laughs> the stone prince is a light romance where a girl meets a stuck-up prince and changes so there's a happy ending. Only twist is a fairy tale element, and she puts in parentheses sci-fi, where a prince from another world is cursed into stone until a maiden love loves him, a little bit like Beauty and the Beast. A kiss near the beginning of the book changes him back to human. So, so much for a book that involved a, an erotic sculpture garden. Yeah, so he's human boring. for most of the book? Yeah, and he's not even, like, the main love interest. That's dumb. I know. I hate it. Yeah, disappointing. Ma- Mom, I saw this book going for, like, $20, $30 on eBay. I have no idea if anyone's paying that, but I say sell it. Imagine, imagine if you had paid $20 for that. I would be so mad. Okay, but I, I did get a recommendation for if anybody is looking. My mom hasn't read these yet, but actual gargoyle romance books. There is a series by Christine Warren. First one, Heart of Stone. Of course. It has to be Sec- called that. Second one, Stone Cold Lover. <laughs> okay. it's. A, a, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, that sounds bad, I gotta say. The cold part, I'm not into. Okay. You want to guess the third one? Um, Something about being hard. You're so right. It's hard as rock. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, come I'm, on. I'm so proud of you. Okay. Do you want to guess the fourth one? Uh, okay. We've got stone cold, hard. Mm, I don't know. Granite? Is that going to come into play? <laughs> I wish. No, fourth, rocked by love. Oh, okay, that's way better. <laughs> Is it though? I mean, it should have been. Don't take it for granted. 
Oh, you're right. That would have been am- <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been so amazing, right? <laughs> Everybody's like, no, ew, gross. <laughs> uh, wait, sorry, I have to pull up this. Oh, there's they're okay. So this is a series of six. So if that's not that might not be enough gargoyle romances for my mom, but okay, book number five. Again, hard to handle. She's just <laughs> running out of words because by six, it's heartbreaker. Okay, what do you mean? I assume heartbreaker. Is it a play on that on heartbreaker? Uh, That's bad, though. That's not good. (laughs) Okay. Well, well, maybe seven will be taken for granted. (laughs) It should be. It should be. Christine Warren, where are you? (laughs) Uh, She also writes. It looks like she does have some uh, werewolf books, including "Baby, I'm Howling for You." I couldn't make that up if I tried. I'm not that funny. I could not have made up. Baby, I'm howling for you. All right. Yep. yep. <laughs> those are great. Is your mom going to read those? Oh, my goodness. I just found this whole Goodreads list called Gargoyles in Romance. Oh, my gosh. Holy shit. This is the mother love. <laughs> I am so happy right now. How many books are on this list? Is it substantial? Okay, I want you to guess how many books are on this list. A hundred. So close, 81. Wow. That is, <laughs> I thought I was being generous, but that's pretty close. With this books such as How Not to Kiss a Gargoyle by <laughs> Elizabeth A. Reeves. I'm, okay, I'm really curious. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh my goodness. Stone Cold the Seduction. Stone Cold Seduction. Again, that doesn't sound appealing to me. <laughs> yeah yeah it really doesn't the beautiful and the cursed okay okay how many romance books are called the beautiful and the cursed there's got to be thousands yeah i don't know but not every romance book is called the gargoyle gets his girl (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. oh my god this is like the best news i'm so glad i could discover this with with all y'all this is the best news (laughs) i've had in a long time since probably there was swimming and uh animal crossing wow you know what? We don't have a lot of bright spots uh, nowadays, so this is great. I'm looking forward to your mom's reviews of these gargoyle romances, of, honestly. Of, of all 81 of these books, such as White Hot Kiss by Jennifer L. Armantrout. Have you considered starting another podcast with your mom where you, where you read werewolf or gargoyle romances? <laughs> I would love to. Okay, I tried to get her to record, just like even on her phone, like a little review of Werewolf Smackdown, and she was like, "Only if you really need me to." Like she was like, "Could <laughs> not, not be less." It, it, like, is this gonna help you get an A on your assignment? Because otherwise, like, <laughs> I'd rather not. But I think, yeah, I would. I would love, Mom. Let's do it. That'd be an amazing project. And with 80, 80 something, it's not like there's an unlimited supply. Like there's an end to it. It's not like you're going to be doing this forever. It would just be like a project, like a side project. Yeah. Of reading Blood from a Stone by <laughs> Cynthia Lucas. This is probably the most these books have been talked about ever. Yeah. I don't actually want to read any of these, but I really want to know what all of them are about. So I, this is I mean, kind of why I want you to make that podcast so I can listen to it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're all about uh people falling in love with hot men that at night are gargoyles or maybe it's during the day they're gargoyles look i don't i'm not really sure on the deets yeah is it yeah see this is why you need to make the podcast so we can all find out so we can hear, hear about that's another good one gargoyles in the round 
Okay. Viola Grace. I don't know. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) I don't know. Oh, I'm so happy. Okay. Okay. Wow. This is not my soon to be announced Gargoyle Romance podcast. This is actually an Unsolved Mystery podcast. (laughs) And we're on season five, episode 18. This episode is wild, y'all. I don't know. <laughs> Settle yeah. in because this is going to go some strange places. I'm glad we finally got something. We haven't had something that's just bizarre in a while. <laughs> we haven't had someone bizarre. who's like, my skin makes gold. Or this <laughs> Jesus blinked. Or I found a magic rock and became like a strip mall tycoon. We <laughs> haven't had something where you just are like, this is not a thing. I was not expecting to talk about this today. But now... Now we finally have something of that caliber. Yep, we sure do. This is uh, Mysterious Rain. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, you heard that right. Uh, yeah, like Liz said, we are in Season 5, Episode 18. And most of this episode is this unexplained phenomenon segment about Mysterious Rain. So it opens at a funeral. It's February 24, 1983, and we're in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. James Kishaw has died of cirrhosis of the liver at age 63. Uh, James's grandson is in attendance, having been granted a furlough from the county jail. His name is Don Decker, and he is 21 years old. Don has had a troubled uh, life up until this point. At the time of the funeral, he was serving a 12-month pr- uh, prison, prison sentence jail sentence what's the difference between the two i'm not sure uh for receiving stolen property but robert stack says that don had kept a dark secret and that was that the man he was quote obliged to publicly mourn had physically abused him from the time he was seven years old yeah it's dark yeah not great uh so don is interviewed from the show and i must say unsolved mysteries set design is on point for this one they make him look and sound like he's next to a window at night during a rainstorm there's like a blue light kind of like angled in and yeah you can hear the rain and you can kind of see it reflected on the wall behind him it's very it's very well done Okay, but why does the guy in the reenactment not look a thing like Don? <laughs> he doesn't look a thing like him at, at all. Because I'm not very smart. It took me a second to be like, oh, that's supposed to be Don. Yeah, like, it's... That's that guy? <laughs> okay. It's not good casting. This isn't a read of real life Don, but reenactment Don is fine. Uh yeah, that's why I was so confused. <laughs> it was nice to look at. <laughs> So I was like, oh, did he get to pick his own casting? Is that what happened? <laughs> Except that I mean, it's like, I got to cast myself. And I was like, you know, it was a spot on image for me. Either Christine Ritter or Carrie Washington. Get one of them in here. <laughs> Only they can capture my true natural beauty. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah, I'm not really sure what's up with this casting. But I mean, you'll enjoy the reenactment. That's all I got to say. Uh Wait, can I just say that Don himself has a mustache? Yeah, did you name Don's mustache? It's barely there, but there's one. Okay, I did, but the thing is, it makes no sense. Okay, <laughs> so I mean, it doesn't need to make sense with the name for a mustache. So here, if you're if you're not aware, this is how the mustache naming process works. In general, I just name it the first thing that pops in my mind because it's <laughs> it's like pure. It's like uh-huh. a it's like a blank slate. <laughs> But in that case, that means that this mustache is named Alvin and the Mustaches. 
right. I don't know. I just, for some <laughs> reason, reminded me of Alvin and the Chipmunks. And then the SVP <laughs> And it doesn't make any sense. And I cannot explain that thought process. Alvin and the mustaches. You know what? I like it. I like it. <laughs> the thing is, there's so many mustaches in this episode, particularly in the first segment, that I got kind of annoyed. There's but... a lot of mustaches, and the best one is yet to come. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a very impressive mustache later on. Uh, but yeah, there's this episode's full of mustaches. <laughs> Elvin in the in the mustaches is this episode. Yeah, exactly. Except oh. it should be Dawn in the mustaches, I guess. <laughs> I guess. But if his if his mustache was named Elvin, it's the first mustache <laughs> right. we see. Right. Exactly. And this episode is I don't know where I'm going. Alvin and the mustaches. <laughs> See, you made it make almost sense. You know, you're yeah. Well, you kind of spun that straw into gold. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I do my best. All right, so he's at the funeral, and real life Dodd, present day Dodd, says um, that he was hoping that good had finally won out over evil. Now that his grandfather is, was dead, finally. Do you think he uh, went to the funeral just to be like, okay, he really is dead. That's really his corpse right there. I think he might have. I think yeah, he I could see that. I could see that. It was supposed to be comforting. He'll be like, oh, that guy will never get me again. Right. There he is, dead as a doornail. Exactly. Um, Robert Stack says that indeed Don's life was about to change, but not in the way that he expected. No, because no one on earth would expect <laughs> this. No one would go, oh, my abusive grandfather died. I bet that's going to lead to mysterious rain. <laughs> So to say he didn't expect it is kind of like, yeah, all right. <laughs> That's true. Of course. So according to Robert Steck, on the night of the funeral, Don was so unnerved by the way his parents glorified his grandfather's memory that he decided to spend the night at his friend's house. Uh, these were Bob and Janine Kiefer, whom he had met a few months earlier. It was at the Kiefer's house that Robert Steck says quote all the uneasy feelings about his grandfather's passing came back to haunt him uh he was apparently sitting in the living room uh, with the keepers while they were making dinner when according to robert stack the quote air around him suddenly vibrated with a deep chill that just happens when i walk into a room though everybody <laughs> everybody like turns their heads like our, like even though no records are playing a record scratches and everybody goes what and like a cold burst of air comes into the room and then it's just me standing there and everybody's like damn <laughs> that's what happened when this reenactment dawn walked into the room I'm sure. yeah yeah at the time or at the same time, water began to drip from the living room walls. All the while, Don sat in the chair in an eerie trance-like state. And uh, the reenactment makes it look like water was literally pouring down the wall. Not like just a few drips, like pouring from the ceiling down the walls. Okay. So not knowing what to do, they frantically called their landlord. This is Ron Van Wy. Thinking that they must have a terrible leak or a pipe burst or something, which would be your first thought. At this point in the reenactment, we basically have rain falling inside these people's house. Uh, it's no longer just dripping down the walls. It's raining from the ceiling in this one room. I must say, uh, all landlords are evil, but this guy seemed like a pretty decent landlord because they just were like, get over here now. And he did. Yeah, and, and he brought that's his not, wife. And that's like, not how landlords work. 
oh, it's an old building. I'll send someone around this week. And then they just don't. So the fact that this guy was like, what? No information. I need to get over there. Hop, skip, and a jump. Right. Yeah, he ran right over. Um, They were all puzzled by this inside rain because there was no plumbing in this part of the house. So it's not like a pipe burst overhead because there was no pipe. Um, Also, this is like... This is like something from the Rainforest Cafe. It's not like <laughs> yeah, there's like from a, like one point. It's like just full on raining indoors. Yeah, there's like a mist according to the reenactment as well. And I'm sure yeah. everything is getting soaked at this point. That says, at the beginning they tried to grab buckets, but I think it got like there's no way you could get to have a biggest a big enough bucket. So I think they were just completely confused by this. Um, at a loss for how to handle the situation, they do the logical thing. What any of us would do. Which is call the police. Yeah. They call the police on water. <laughs> what are the police going to do? I don't understand. Okay. This makes Have no sense. Have you seen that video where a woman calls the police on like a whale? <laughs> what? A whale? Yeah. There's this family like out on a boat and a whale comes like right under their boat. And okay. this teenage girl gets so freaked out that she calls 911 on a whale <laughs> what you're in the because ocean she wanted to talk to the manager of the sea but they weren't available <laughs> so that's how i sort of feel about this though that you're like okay this is really weird we don't understand where this water is coming from the police the police will help are there no emergency plumbers in this town like why do they call the police i don't understand (laughs) you would call a plumber don't understand uh anyway officer john bojan arrives uh but he also doesn't know what to do uh because what What would you do he what what law is being broken other than like nature the laws of nature. The water is has broken and en- has is breaking and entering, Liz. Oh, you know what? It's trespassing. Yeah. They're on to something. Did yeah. they give permission to that rain to be inside? They so- sounds like they didn't. Uh, Officer Bojan has a mustache. Did you name this one? It, I said it was strawberry blonde, and I don't like it. That was my note about this mustache. Oh, I think I m- might have missed him. The next There's one I have is so Richard many mustaches. Walbert. I don't remember who that is. I don't know. It's some other must cop, but I called his take a stash out of crime. (laughs) So I can't believe I haven't used that yet. That's good. That's a good one. I think all of these cops have mustaches, basically. Um, Okay. At this point in the reenactment, the house is filled with mist. And my note is that their house must be completely destroyed at this point. It's like been raining for hours. Um, When the cops come inside to investigate, they see water droplets traveling horizontally. Some yeah, of, they, they put a lot of their special effects budget into that happening. I already know how to describe this. It's like a bright light in the reenactment, but it like travels in between the officers and then like flies into the other room. It almost looks like a slow motion bullet in a movie. A little bit. Smaller. A little bit. Um, okay, so having not solved the problem, the police leave to go write up a report, and the Kiefer's and Don are hungry at this point, so they decide to leave and get something to eat. I guess, like, this is 23 hours. This is almost a full day later, apparently, where it's rain has been nonstop falling in their living room. So Don Van Wy and his wife stay behind and notice that the moment the Kiefer's and Don leave the house, the mysterious inside rain completely stops. Mm. And- at this point, they realize that one of the three have to be causing this somehow. And then um, at the same time, they 
the three of the Kiefers and Don arrive at the pizzeria across the street owned by Pam Scrofano. Uh, she had apparently visited their house earlier in the morning to see the rain firsthand, and she was convinced that it was the, quote, devil's handiwork. Yep. That's what the devil wants. Indoor rain. <laughs> think about it. It's in the Bible. Actually, I think the only place I've seen anything close to indoor rain is, like, casinos where it, like, rains inside because they have a little, like, sprinkler thing set up. So. Uh-huh. That kind of is the devil's handiwork, I guess. I guess. Sure. Uh, Pam was also convinced that the devil was acting through Don Decker. Yeah. What do you think made him so hot? <laughs> what do you think made reenactment Don so hot, Samantha? The, the devil. Rain. Oh, I'm sorry. The devil. I get the, the two mixed up because they're synonymous. The rain <laughs> and the devil. <laughs> So Pam is quite the character. She says, I looked at Donnie and he was in that trance and I turned to Janine and I said, Janine, he's got to be possessed. So uh, I guess they believed her. I don't really know. Pam is trying to convince them to call the church when suddenly water starts dripping all over the pizzeria. In the reenactment, Pam starts shouting for a crucifix, which she apparently keeps in her cash register. Yeah. Stuff like this happens all the time in this pizzeria. She's prepared. It's like, I don't know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something. She's just, she's in a place where this kind of shit happens all the time. Right? So she's got to keep her, her crucifix in the cash register. In case Maybe. She has to whip it out and cast a demon out of someone. Yeah, exactly. Because the pizzeria is on a hell mouth. That's what they don't tell you. <laughs> well, that explains everything. It really does. So she grabs the crucifix and runs over to Don and tries to put it around his neck, but he shouts that it is burning him. So she rips it off and is Yeah, but I just say that, that all the time and that's not true. I mean, yeah, I get burned when I try and hold a crucifix too. That doesn't mean yeah. that the devil is in me. Okay, so they leave the pizzeria. And man, say you're a vampire. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which I am. Um, back at the Kiefer's house, Mrs. <laughs> Kiefer and Mrs. Van Wy. Uh, oh, by the way, the landlord's wife's name is Romaine Van Wy. That's not real. Is that the name of a Cabbage Patch doll? <laughs> Romaine Van Wy. I so it'd be like the evil villain. I don't know if there was an evil villain in the Cabbage Patch world. Someone <laughs> that like stomps on the Cabbage Patch, but that's who, who, what their name would be. So they. Start- oh no! It's Romaine Van Wy. Watch out! <laughs> Run! <laughs> so they start yelling at don i don't know why they're convinced he's causing it but like on purpose i guess they start yelling be, at him i'd be so pissed if yeah the ceiling is leaking and everybody was like liz this is all your fault you don't even live here but it, it is because you did it and With it's the, the devil. devil get out get out get this is so mean i don't understand why anyway so at this moment while they're yelling at him the pots and pans in the kitchen start to rattle the lights flicker off and then suddenly dawn levitates off the ground and flies across the room look if you actually think someone is possessed by the devil maybe don't insult them (laughs) you think you don't think things can get worse than water think again yeah your pots could rattle (laughs) that'll show you he might levitate. Okay. At this point, the police return. This time, they brought the police chief whom they've woken up out of bed. <laughs> You've never seen anything like this. It's called water. <laughs> the chief is apparently a skeptic, but he they want to, I guess, prove to him that they're not making this up. I'm not really sure what they're hoping to accomplish. Uh, he, of course, is pissed and yells at his officers about how this is not a police problem. 
because it's not. It really is not. It really, <laughs> truly is not. He's like, this is a plumbing issue. Call a plumber. Don't waste any more of our time. Go do your job. Um, apparently, to this day, the police chief is the only eyewitness who denies that anything strange happened that night. For what that's worth. Um, the chief ordered them not to file a report and to fucking go back to work and not talk about <laughs> this again. Quit wasting your time. The, car, the side of your car doesn't say to serve and protect and also investigate water. <laughs> yeah, like go you're back not- to not doing those other two things, please. You're not a plumber. Uh, get out of this house. Okay, so, but they decide that they're instead actually going to continue to investigate this water thing, and they bring a third officer in uh, to the Kiefer's house the next morning to, quote, figure out what's going on. Is this the guy with the white mustache? I think so. This is Bill Davies. It's like a little hard, completely white, just like rectangle. (laughs) Or, as it's now known, the white chocolate Kit Kat. (laughs) All right. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, Look, Samantha, not everything can be Alvin in the mustaches, okay? (laughs) I can't. I'm not always going to achieve that level of insight. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, you can't be on 100% of the time. (laughs) So Bill Davies' brilliant idea is to put a bag over Don's head and have him hold a rosary. (laughs) That's always my bright idea, too. (laughs) What if we put a bag on your head? That'll solve everything. (laughs) So, So they put a bag over his head, a paper bag. And not a plastic bag. <laughs> and they haven't put his hands behind his back. At this point, I thought they were going to arrest him. But instead, they put a rosary in his hand. And the rosary burns his hand. Um, they grab the rosary from him. And they say that it felt hot. So Not hot, hot, but hot. They clarify. <laughs> it's not like hot, hot, but it's hot. <laughs> that's, that's the quote, yes. And that's how I feel about reenactment dawn. <laughs> hot hot but he's hot yeah i I forgot about that quote that's so funny okay (laughs) (laughs) not hot hot but hot all right i I understand (laughs) okay at this point don once again levitates off the ground and flies across the room when they run over to him and remove the bag from his head they see that there are three claw marks down the front of his neck we'll make some claw marks I mean, they don't look like claw marks in the reenactment, but that's... Yeah, it's true. It looks a like, lot more like ketchup drips. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. But it was alarming to them. Okay, f- finally, on the third night, they were able to convince an evangelical preacher to come to the house and perform an exorcism. Apparently, every other Catholic priest and Protestant minister in the entire town turned them down. Which they made a huh. big deal about, but I was kind of like... It's not like every Catholic priest does exorcisms. Don't you have to be like specially trained? You can't just call up any old priest and say, hey, will you perform an exorcism? And they'll be like, all right, right, I'll be right there. I don't think most priests in the U.S. even believe in exorcisms. Yeah. So they also, if you made this call to a church, wouldn't you sound like you were joking? Hey, so uh, there's a lot of rain, and my we put a bag on my friend's head, and he started floating around. Anyway, could you come over? We did an exorcism, and they were like, "Yeah, sure." I got collection plate money to count. Bye. It's wild. This is wild. So, if anyone came, is 
honestly miraculous. They they had to get someone from another town, I think. Anyway, they this minister comes in and begins to pray over Dawn. At this point, he begins to convulse, but as she continues to pray, his body began to quiet down, and the longer they prayed together, the house began to take on a different feel, and everything calmed down, and they thought that, okay, we've solved this problem. We've done an exorcism, which I don't think exorcisms are just saying prayers, but whatever. They oh, worked. I know. I don't, yeah, I only know exorcisms from the movies, so I guess it could be anything. But it worked, at least for a time. Um, uh, Robert Stack says, amazingly, the rain had stopped. Um, And you think that's the end of it, but you're wrong. At this point, Don's furlough is over, so he returns to jail. And a few days later, the rain starts up again, but this time inside the jail. So the jail apparently put him in a maximum security cell. Yeah, because of the danger of rain. I guess they he was they deemed safe enough to let out. Why yeah, does he need well, to be in a maximum security jail? I guess I don't know the situation, but this seems absurd. Uh and so he's upset by this, as you would imagine. Um, and I guess he was just sitting in his cell thinking about he how he wished he could make it rain in there, and then all of a sudden water starts coming out of the concrete floor. Um you know, like it does. Robert Stack yeah. says that at this time was different. Don realized that he could manipulate the rain at will. He tells the officer, uh, so that officer rushes in because there's water everywhere, and the officer is yelling at him about not splashing water from the sink onto the floor. Um, and he tells the officer that actually he's controlling the, the water, and the guard says, oh yeah, if you can control it, then make it rain in the warden's office. Uh, so he's like, alright, I will. And at this point, um, in the reenactment, we switch to the warden's office, and the guard comes in and says, "This guy, this prisoner, is saying these crazy things. Um, he says he can make make rain appear at will." And they're both surprised to see that there is a large drip of water down the front of the warden's shirt. As we know, oh my god, water <laughs> that can only come from one place, uh, the devil sky, the devil's realm i'm not sure i'm not exactly sure where this water is supposed to come from but all uh, rain is the work of the devil all water drips on the front of your shirt is not you just spilling something no uh it's the devil himself okay and this that i managed to spill something on myself like literally every day of my life despite all of the practice no that is the devil that's the devil's handiwork liz um so at this point the guards call in reverend blackburn his real name that's uh, so made up <laughs> of course the guy that comes in is reverend blackburn it's not reverend satan's hand or something <laughs> uh they put don and reverend blackburn in a room to talk reverend blackburn tells don to just stop making this shit up and at that moment he <laughs> says, <laughs> like a normal priest would you quit making this shit up by the way, let me tell you about a talking snake in a tree. <laughs> he says that Don's demeanor changed at that point. Don initially struck him as mild-mannered, pleasant, but suddenly he became scary and a smell came into the room that he says smelled like death times five. And he's used to jails and prisons smelling great. So this was <laughs> quite the surprise. <laughs> So he describes it as evil and foreboding. Reverend Blackburn says that Don raised his hand and calmly started rubbing his fingers together. And at that moment, it started to rain in the room. And it keeps getting weirder, folks. Reverend Blackburn describes it as the devil's rain, like a mist. 
you know, yep. the devil, the devil's reign. We all know what that is. That's why everybody <laughs> refers to the state of Maine, which I feel like must have a lot of mist. That's why we all refer to that as the devil state. Yeah, exactly. You know, what? it's common. You uh, know, the devil's reign, mist. <laughs> Actually, I'm just going to call mist that from now on. It's it's devil's raining outside right now, actually. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Reverend Blackburn pulls out his Bible and started reading to Don. Mysteriously, the pages of the Bible remained dry. Honestly, that's the part of this I find the least realistic. Where it's like, all right, he levitated. All right, it was raining indoors. All right, rosaries burned him. The pages of the Bible stayed dry. And I was like, that's not true. If you were writing this book, <laughs> your, your editor would be like, we get it. <laughs> Can we Come take on. this part out? It's a little much. This is getting to be a little much. So soon after uh, he started reading from the Bible, the rain subsided and Dawn began to cry. They hugged and prayed together and it was like the evil had been lifted. Okay. Yep. Uh, Reverend Blackburn is convinced that Dawn was possessed by the devil, but fortunately, uh, that was the last time they had any incidents of the the evil rain. And Man, at the, the va- devil was weak. I had no idea the devil was such a pussy. That's all it took. <laughs> I guess, wow. just reading from the Bible a little bit. Uh, if this is true, I'm going to stop hailing him because it's not impressive. It really isn't. It really isn't. So at the end of the segment, we quickly meet Chip Decker, who is not related to Don and looks like a Bigfoot hunter, is what I wrote in my notes. Um, Chip Decker. <laughs> Chip these, Decker. Fake na- need, these fake names need more effort than Chip Decker. That sounds like it was made by like a name generator. Yeah, it kind of does. He's there with his colleague Peter Jordan, who I wrote down just looks greasy. Uh, he <laughs> he has a slicked back mullet. Uh, yeah, it's kind of gross. Um, these two are quote chief the chief paranormal investigators on the case. Uh, Chip says that what makes this case credible are the eyewitnesses. There are many of them, and they're all credible. Uh, Peter Jordan calls this this case the rain boy case and says that it is singularly the most important case he has ever been involved in did one of them have a mustache i think uh chip may have um and then his friend jordan had like a beard mustache thing going on to accompany okay. his, I don't his... Think that's. i don't think that's who i was thinking of go on uh that's the end of the unsolved mystery segment i have a few a little bit more information um, about the devil's reign yeah, I mean, I don't know that I have an explanation, but there is a like one main person that wrote an article like analyzing that. I don't know if analyzing is the right word. Uh, Robert Bartholomew wrote an article for Skeptics Magazine. Um, I didn't find the actual article, but I found another article that talked about the article. I don't know, whatever. Um, he s- says that or he proposes that the explanation that a possible explanation for this incident was a combination of high stress and ice damming um if you're not familiar with with ice damming it's like when ice builds up on your roof and it it can it can be caused by like warm temperatures in the day and really cold temperatures at night when the sun goes down um like that's why they tell you to like clear the snow off your roof if there's a lot because it can cause ice dams because the snow will melt and then freeze at night and then you can have like water come into your house and apparently the conditions around this time in this area were good for ice damming um which might explain why there was water coming into the house in an area of the house where there was no pipes um okay that seems very plausible he says a couple things like you know 
obviously uh, Don was under an, an incredible amount of stress. He was in jail. Uh, this man had died whom had abused him his entire life. His family were like celebrating his life as if he was the greatest guy around. Meanwhile, he knows that he had been abused by this man for years. Um, uh, and then he also proposes that there was like an element of like group hysteria because their first yeah. in- their first inclination was to call an exorcist instead of like taking him to the doctor or calling a plumber. Calling a plumber. <laughs> so calling a plumber. It seems like at no point did anyone call a plumber. plumber happens. Including the landlord, whom you would expect the landlord to know what an ice dam is. I mean if you live in an area where you can get ice dams, you would think you would know about that if you owned a property i'm not sure um but he says that that's giving landlords a lot of credit samantha and i don't know that that's true well i guess that's true you're right um the other thing that he says in his article is but i'm not really sure this is evidence of anything he says why didn't anyone record the mysterious phenomenon on like take a picture or video and i'm just not sure at this time that everyone had cameras in their like their houses or camcorders and then he also yeah. says, why didn't they call a local TV news station? And I kind of feel like if they had, you would just say they're doing it for attention. Like, that would be your evidence. That's yeah, that's a good point. So I'm not really sure what that's evidence of at all. Um, but anyway, that's feel, what he proposes. I feel really bad that if it's an ice dam, that all of his friends were like, how dare you cause this when really it was caused by ice? I mean, his he friends does some his friends were so quick to turn on him. That's true. Oh, and he thanks. he does some weird things. I will say, if you want some more information about this, because there is more information about this case, you should listen to the Trail Went Cold podcast, episode 168. Robin Warner does an episode about this. And there's more information that is not in Unsolved Mysteries, because he, these this case was also profiled on the sci-fi channel's Paranormal Witness show, I believe is what it's called. And there's some contradictory accounts from some of the witnesses, including Don himself. And Robin goes into all of that. There's also some juicy, like, uh, spooky Unsolved Mysteries lore. Like when they went to film, when they went to film this, some like spooky things happened and he goes into that. So definitely listen to that podcast because it's much better research than what I'm giving you right now. Than anything Um, we've ever done. Yeah. And Don does some weird things too. They don't go into Unsolved Mysteries in on they don't go into it on unsolved mysteries so listen to robin's podcast about the, again it's episode 168 of the trail went po- cold podcast i listened to it. it was very well done very enlightening very interesting um and i'm not sure like that i fully know what's going on here um the only information on the unsolved mysteries wiki uh is that in 2012 don was arrested and charged with arson apparently a friend of his paid him to burn down their restaurants so they could get insurance money and he got caught so I'm not sure that he's like the most credible uh, person around, but also, you know, they might not be connected. This happened years later. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't one, know. one is Samantha, Samantha. One is fire and one is rain. Couldn't be more different. <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah. Actually, I was going to bring that up, too, because Rob, when I said on Twitter that we were going to be talking about this case this week. Robin said, uh, from the Trail One Cold podcast, said, Yep, as silly as the story might be, if someone intentionally perpetuated a hoax, they went through a lot of trouble and convinced a number of credible witnesses that it was real. So apparently this has been the, like, one paranormal case from Unsolved Mysteries that he has not been able to fully explain. So well, that's kind of cool. 
you kind of, I mean, you always have to think about like who would, like, what do they get from this? Like, do they profit off of it? And it doesn't, it seems like their house was, pro- was destroyed. It was full of water. Um, they didn't go on TV until they did the, un- they only did the Unsolved Mysteries. And then years later, they did the paranormal and witness thing. And I don't think that brought them a lot of notoriety. Um, so it doesn't seem like they like stood to gain much from hoaxing this. And it would also be like a super elaborate hoax. Yeah, I don't think it's a hoax. I am kind of leaning towards that ice dam thing. That makes sense. But in a way, I kind of don't want to know. I just like it being a weird, mysterious thing. If it was an ice dam, how do you explain the rain in the pizzeria and the rain in the jail? Okay, the rain in the jail sounds like it was literally just water. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. But... I the mean, pizzeria thing I cannot explain. Does the did the pizzeria also have an ice dam? I guess it it would be a that would be a wild coincidence. I mean, which is more likely? Two places had ice dams in winter or that this guy can control rain? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not saying it's not real. I'm saying I I don't know and I I kind of like it that way. <laughs> I like um, yeah, I want life to have some mysterious. Th- I'm not Mulder. I would like life to have some mysterious things in it. Yeah, this you're right. one of them. You're right. You're right. I, I totally agree. Yeah, we don't really know what happened. It's a really fucking weird story. I agree, and it, it took up most of the episode, but I enjoyed it, and it has really good production value. Like Unsolved Mysteries, really went all out on these reenactments, and um, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it's no, it's well done. As silly as it, it's. A silly story in some ways. Well, in a lot of ways. They they put a bag on someone's head. But um, yeah, they they clearly were like, okay, we got a good mystery here. We got to really sink our teeth into this one. It's not a kid that went missing and it's going to make everyone cry. It's raining inside. Finally. (laughs) Yeah, I I like it. It's a good one. It was was good. It was good. It's, uh, It's something. It is something. You can say that. Okay. Our next case is an unexplained death from 1992 um so this is the unsolved this is an unsolved murder uh it takes place in emeryville across the bay from san francisco so it opens up with a reenactment of a motorcyclist approaching a gas station but driving like kind of slow and badly uh (laughs) robert stack described it as a strange erratic fashion uh after arriving at the gas station the, the driver falls to the ground and emts were called the person had a weak pulse. There was no signs of an accident. Like the bike wasn't damaged. He didn't appear to be bleeding. They weren't sure what was wrong, but they took him to the hospital and discovered that he had three very small bullet wounds from a small caliber weapon that had led to massive internal bleeding. So the victim was 30 year old Michael Hunter. And then Robert Stack says, what happened to Michael is unfortunately an all too common occurrence in today's big cities. And I went, it is. <laughs> uh what you know when you're just like trying to ride your sweet motorcycle around and you get shot three times with a small caliber weapon <laughs> yeah it happened to me the other day happens all the time i was like i don't think that's a common occurrence robert Sack. i don't know where you're going um so we learned that michael lived for one thing and one thing only and that was high speed racing uh so that day he had just been out for a ride to enjoy the good weather we know that he stopped by an atm um and from the camera from the atm you don't see there's nothing unusual there doesn't appear to be like someone holding him at gunpoint or something like that after that he stopped by a liquor store and purchased a pint of whiskey that he still had on him when he was taken to the hospital what happened next is unknown they speculate that he stopped somewhere to like 
taken the bay and the bridge and that maybe at that point he was robbed at gunpoint but that's completely speculation um they also speculate that maybe the robber demanded his motorcycle which was custom made and he like would have been pretty reluctant to give up um so they're thinking that he tried to drive away and was shot while driving away or riding away what do you say with the motorcycle whatever riding i think he doesn't drive it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, well, right. You can tell. I'm, I don't know. I'm, you can tell I'm, I'm an expert. Okay, so he was probably shot with driving away, which kind of matched um, where the bullet wounds were. One of them had would have caused a great deal of pain because it shattered a major bone in his leg. Um, but he still, and everybody was like impressed that he still managed to make it to the gas station. Though it's also not clear like where he was shot exactly. And so you basically just hear then from his family saying that it would have been easier to accept if he had died in a motorcycle accident because he was like knowingly taking on that risk to do something that he loved. And in this case, it just, I don't know, it seems like he was probably just robbed. But honestly, they don't know. This is still unsolved. Yeah. These last mysteries are super quick. Yeah, that's literally all there is to it. Um, He passed away from those wounds shortly after arriving in the hospital um it suspected that it was for a robbery but literally unsolved mysteries wiki just says results unsolved that's it his his family had gathered ten thousand dollars for a reward but nothing ever came of it so sorry michael hunter we don't know what happened to you yeah that was sad and unfortunately unsolved and all too common in today's major metropolitan areas (laughs) All right. So I believe this next mustache is what you were referring to, correct? I uh, yes, yes. This is. is our this is our MVM. This is our most valuable mustache. It yep. is gigantic. It, it is the size <laughs> of a baby's arm. It kind of looks like a croissant. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. I snapped a picture on my phone so I could reference it. And he, it looks like yeah. a croissant. <laughs> it's would- it, it is like croissant shaped. And it's uh, gigantic it's so big it seems like it's like the size of my face well and hit this guy has like a kind of a small head so it's like even looks even it's bigger. like a third of his face yeah. i called it the platypus's baby <laughs> why does that creep me out <laughs> it creeps me out too but it just kind of looks like a baby platypus is taking a nap on his face it does. It it does look like it just maybe it kind of also looks like a slug. I don't know. Yeah, this is the mustache. <laughs> the mustache of Detective Anthony Yakaki of Danbury uh, Police Department. Um, okay, so this is a fraud, and this is super fast as well. And I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Honestly, I, I don't even remember this segment except for the mustache. That's all that has stuck in my mind. And also, that's my only note. We're looking for someone who Robert Stack calls like a, a hospital hopping con man. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what What is that con? Just racking up medical debt? How is that a con? I don't know. I guess it's a con, but also, I don't know. Anyway, the police are searching to identi- for the identity of a deceased uh, man who called himself Tom Hughes. Just before 9 a.m. on February 11, 1992, Tom went under cardiac arrest at a hospital in Danbury, Connecticut. For 90 minutes, doctors worked to revive him but were unsuccessful. 
So the thing about this segment is that Robert Stack introduced this guy as a hospital hopping con man, which at, at this point, I don't understand why he's doing this. And then we, the segment opens with a man going into cardiac arrest and then dying. And I was very convinced that this man faked his own death. I was like, how did he do this? Like, <laughs> if reenactment, only. If only. In the reenactment, they shock him with like the the paddles. And I was sitting there watching this like, how is he faking this? Like, how did he convince them that he was dead? But he was actually under cardiac arrest. It was real. And he actually really did die. The hospital hopping happened before. (laughs) It's what's kind of weird. It's like, we need to know the identity of this man to catch him. Oh, by the way, he's dead. (laughs) I think his crimes have died with him. Yeah. I don't know that we need to really worry about the hospital hopping anymore. They make it literally dead. They don't tell you he's dead. This is this opens as a fraud, and then they tell you they're that they're searching for the identity of a con man. So I'm watching this like, how did he? This is amazing. This is the most incredible con I've ever seen. There's performing <laughs> on him right now. <laughs> this guy's a genius. He's the Houdini of our age. Yeah, sorry, Samantha. <laughs> no, he actually died, uh, which is not funny. But I was like, what is going on here? So they tried to contact his wife, but they discovered that her name and phone number were fake also fake were tom's social security number address employer and name among his possessions were a receipt from a hospital in california and a bus ticket stub from pennsylvania to connecticut with these clues authorities soon uncovered tom's bizarre fraud scheme um, up until his death he had practically been what robert Stack calls a professional hospital patient he would stay in a hospital for three to seven days before sneaking out and leaving his bills unpaid going to a different one he would complain about minor uh aches and pains in his back to get prescription pain pills is what he was doing he was trying to get prescriptions for opiates um he was clearly addicted to to opioids and he was going from hospital to hospital um trying to get these medications is what he was doing um he had made 16 phone calls before he died. All of these calls were to various attorneys. Um, it's believed that he was planning to file lawsuits against companies for his injuries. I don't know if that's true. He may have also tried to borrow money from them uh, for tra- for traveling. I don't know. I don't know why they think this. Because the segment is super quick. Authorities believe that he took painkillers at the various hospitals that he visited. The large amounts of painkillers may have contributed to his cardiac arrest and or, and his death. Um, they are hoping to identify him. There is a photo of him. Why? I guess to bury his body? Or because they want someone to pay these hospital bills? You know what? I suspect it might be someone to pay these hospital bills. Uh but I otherwise I'm not sure I guess to give his family closure <laughs> I'm not really sure but probably probably to pay the hospital bills um so this is solved viewers recognized him and positive positively identified him as a man named Thomas Patrick White um he according to Unsolved Mystery had Munchausen syndrome I don't know if that's true or if he was just addicted to I think he just has an opiate addiction to, to opiates um yeah, that's they they identified him. That's it solved. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that would be interesting if on new unsolved mysteries they just started doing yeah, cases of people with unpaid medical debt and then they were like, "Oh wait, it's actually uh we're looking for millions, millions of Americans <laughs> that uh can't pay their medical debt." Uh... It actually is a ton of people. Um so it just I mean, I guess this guy, yeah, was like lying about his identity to get pills or whatever. But I was also like, don't people do this all the time? That's kind of what I was thinking too. I was like, is this 
Is this special? I guess this maybe it deserves a whole segment. Maybe at this point it wasn't as as common or as talked about. I'm not really sure, but yeah, I mean, not that uncommon. But I guess yeah, they were trying to find out who he really was, and they did. So hopefully his uh family didn't get saddled with those hospital bills. Yeah, they could probably get out of that. Let's hope. Okay, hope we got so. one more mystery. What are we at now? Oh, we're at a lost love. So um, this is the case of Irene Love from Los Angeles. In 1962, we have a reenactment of 16-year-old Irene killing time at home. She was, like, playing records and just puttering around the house and ended up going through some of her mom's stuff, at which point she found her birth certificate, which listed her name as Irene Wynn and had the same birthday. So she was like, oh, apparently this is me, but I don't understand why. So when her mom came home, she asked her about it. And her mom eventually confessed that she was adopted three days after she was born. And now we get a bunch of really cute photos of her and her best friend Dolores growing up. And just like, I don't know, it's so cute. Um, So anyway, growing up, she had spent a ton of time with this other family and their daughter Dolores. And they'd gone on camping trips and done everything together. Um, and But then after Dolores's mom suddenly died of kidney disease, Irene never saw Dolores again. And she didn't know why. Um, so in confessing to Irene that she's actually adopted, she learns from her mom that it turns out the restaurant they went to every Saturday, I mean, every Sunday was where Irene's birth mother worked as a, as a server. So this gave her a biological mother a chance to see Irene grow up without her knowing. And then like after a few years of that, her birth father got a job too at that same cafeteria so that he <laughs> could see her and they would like switch spots where they sat. So they would like be in different sections. So both of them could see her grow up, which is honestly like really sweet, but I would be kind of creeped out to learn that anyway. Um, oh, and so we also learned that after um, Dolores's mother had died, she was taken to those two cafeteria employees because it turns out that oh my goodness you totally saw this coming irene and dolores are actually sisters yeah dolores was dolores was one year older and she was also the biological child of that couple that worked at the cafeteria and uh, irene's mother had never told her the truth because she was worried that she would lose her to her biological parents um whose names were glenn and ramona Wynn. So she was so Irene is on the program and she is seeking both Dolores Ford and Glenn and Ramona Wynn, her biological parents, um, now that her own mother has passed away. Because I, I sort of feel like, you know, she was very she says she had like a really happy, like perfect childhood and she did really love her adopted parents. So I don't think she wanted them to feel like she was going to, I don't know, leave them for her biological parents. But um I think her biological, her, sorry, her adopted mother had passed away. So she was seeking her biological family and also her best friend, who was really her sister, Dolores Ford. Unfortunately, there's like not really an update to this. It's unresolved. If you look at Unsolved Mysteries Wiki, it says records show that Glenn passed away in Gardena, California in 1988, which would have been before this segment aired in 1993 others records show that dolores when henderson was born in 1945 and passed away in los angeles in 1991 however it's unclear if that is actually dolores ford sadly irene has passed away she died in 2012 her granddaughter reported that she was able to locate some of her birth family but not all of them 
Um, and then we have an unconfirmed story from supposedly a friend of the winds who said that Irene was able to locate Ramona and sadly Dolores had already passed away. However, the friend claims that Dolores was able to reunite with Ramona and several of her children, but that is not confirmable. That's it's uh, when you're watching this, you're like, oh, well, this will definitely be solved because she has so many pictures and right. she had like so much good information about the people she was looking for. And unfortunately, I think it's just a little too late. Yeah, it's a big bummer. Yeah. So that's kind of a sad note that it ends on because I thought we were going to get this like adorable reunion and you don't. I'm sort of annoyed with the Unsolved Mysteries. Is like, is there a point in keeping the lost loves in these if there's no reunion? <laughs> Like, I uh, I guess like just to just like lighten it up, bums us out. I mean, yeah. and they never found their last loved one in the end. Like, it's really a bummer. Like, you hear Irene talking about her childhood, and it did really seem like so idyllic and perfect. And she had spent all this time with Dolores, not even knowing that she was her sister. Like, they would like spend Christmases together and stuff. I know. Like, they they would open up gifts together and get all the same gifts. Like and she wanted to like reconnect with her over these like happy childhood memories and i think she had she like basically just missed her chance i hate it yeah it's it sucks yeah and there's no mustaches to speak of but the old childhood photos are very cute anyway that's the end that's it should we rate it i think we have to by law mysteriousness i think i gotta give a thumbs up too thumbs up i didn't even see mysterious rain coming that's how mysterious this is <laughs> it's a it's a mis- mystery wrapped in a riddle choked with a surprise i don't know it's so good <laughs> it's really good uh reenactments i also have to give so a thumbs pretty up good. To they're great yeah. yeah the reenactments were super good um fashion there's some good fashion in that last segment I just talked about. Otherwise, pretty unremarkable. I have to say the fashion is unremarkable, but we normally roll mustaches in with fashion. So Whoa. given how many mustaches there are, do we have to give it a thumbs up? You have to. I was like sick. I was like, okay, we get it. Everybody had silly mustaches. <laughs> enough is enough. Yeah, so thumbs a up. Lot of, a lot of mustaches. And uh, oh, Robert Stack, I think, did an okay job. Yeah, I... I he is convinced that if you like walk into a city, you're gonna be shot three times. But other than that, <laughs> I might have to give him a sideways just for how dumb that idea is. We could do that. We could do that. You know, when you're just like out for a motorcycle ride, you know what happens to everyone that does that? Oh, they get shot three times. Oh, <laughs> that's weird. Um, oh, by the way, if you went to Sturgis, you're not allowed to listen to this podcast. Yeah, as fuck a rule, all those people. I'm That's sure there's no one listening to this podcast who also... That that Venn diagram <laughs> is not... <laughs> that's one person. Maybe that's one person, but I take your download away. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. There's a pandemic going on. You don't need to cosplay as a biker. <laughs> you don't need it. to, like, put your it. expensive motorcycle in a trailer and actually drive it all the way there. Please. I hate it. I uh, okay. Okay. Right. okay. Let's recommend some stuff. Man, oh man, I hope you're going to recommend something. But <laughs> I can I can mention it. I, I think I have to. I think you have to. Okay. So uh, my recommendation is nail polish. And Ooh. I'm almost like, okay, whatever. What? But <laughs> that's what I have to recommend this week. So sorry about it. <laughs> uh, being home all the time. Am I wearing makeup? 
No, for who? I guess for myself, but it's like too much effort. And the dogs don't care. <laughs> the dogs aren't going to go. That is a killer highlighter, Liz. They don't care. Those mutts. But it does give me a lot of time to paint my nails, which I'm slowly but surely getting better at, a skill I have never possessed. And the nail polish that I'm really enjoying is called Ice Cream Nails. Okay. Like ice cream. Like ice cream, but, like ice oh. cream, but spelled ice cream, like okay. the movie Scream. And it's because their bottles are like the tops are little cones, and then the bottles are circular, like little upside down ice creams. This is an Australian based company, but they do have. Um, they also ship out of the U.S., so it doesn't necessarily take all the time it takes to get from Australia if you live in the U.S., if that makes sense. And um, I think I first became aware of them when they did a collab with Trixie Mattel, but I didn't buy anything from that. I just recently bought some because I wanted confetti nail polish, and they have a bunch. But this, I don't, it's just like, I I know I like once was talking about how you don't actually need to spend enough money on makeup. Like, there's plenty of good cheap makeup. I feel like spending a tiny bit more on nail polish makes painting your nails a lot easier. It's Is true. that true? No, Does that make totally, any sense? It's, it's totally true. So I, I, I feel like I've always bought like cheap, shitty nail polish. And then I was like, you know what? I want this like cute confetti nail polish. A whole $12 a bottle. Well, well, well. And I was like, oh, this is so much easier. Is this what other is this why other people have nice looking nails? <laughs> they were willing to spend $12 on a bottle of nail polish? Uh, uh see it's all starting to make sense so i have a few colors here the first one i got was called party starter and that's just a clear that has a bunch of like different glitters on it and that is great if you're bad at painting your nails like me because the base is clear so then you're just like slapping glitter on there done looks great super cute and then i more recently got this is what i'm wearing right now this is called what is it called rainbow frosting so it's like a kind of sheer white that has pink and blue and purple glitter in it it's really cute and i also got a jelly so that's like um ooh, yeah so it's like a semi clear i don't even know what you call it it's yeah it looks like jello it's like this one is a bright pink it's called the bomb but it's a jelly polish so that looks super cute and i feel so dumb recommending this but i honestly do really like them Good nail polish, you know, you got to get a recommendation because not all like expensive nail polish, like Essie, for example, I really like they have really good colors, but it chips super easy. Oh, um, okay. So like you kind of need the recommendation. What's kind of nice about a clear confetti polish is that if it starts chipping, you can't really tell. Yeah. Or you can nice. just like dab more on there and it's like, eh, it's fine. I did get one that I didn't like and I actually don't think they make this anymore. But um, it's a clear that has big glittery stars in it called mm. Star Storm. But the glitter in this is too big. So oh, it's actually kind of hard to get any on the brush to go on your nail. And I know if I was like some YouTube person, I would like pour it out and apply the little glitter with tweezers. But oh, my God. What that's that? No. Even now when I have all the time in the world. No, that's not happening. But I actually think they stopped making this. So. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> that one I was like, all right, I don't, I don't know about this, but these other two are super nice, or these other three are super nice, and um, I don't know. It makes me feel a little like less of a total slob, even though I'm just like lying around in pajamas covered in Cheeto dust. I wish actually I don't have any Cheetos. That actually sounds great. It sounds delicious. The other nail polish I like, 
I guess I'll just throw that in too is the Anna Sui nail polish, which I feel like she's like a huge brand, but like in Asia. And I feel like we don't, I don't know. They used to carry her at Sephora a billion years ago, but I feel like nobody ever really talks about it here. But her nail polishes are amazing. I have a yellow glittery one and it just like, it makes your nails look like they're fake. Like it is so like lies like so perfectly. I don't know. It's just better. What does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> you just like I, put it on and you're like, oh, so this is what it would be like if I wasn't buying like, you know, Sally Hansen or whatever at Walgreens. Right, right. It's like, oh, this actually works. It doesn't get all clumpy and strange. I see. Hmm. I'm sort of enjoying sitting around painting them for like probably the first time ever. I've always found it kind of annoying. So, and is it like the one thing I will do that's like not looking at a screen of some various size where I'm like looking at, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't look at my phone anymore. Better go play Animal Crossing. Oh, I shouldn't play Animal Crossing anymore. Better watch TV. Like, Liz, these are just different screens. You're actually, <laughs> you're not actually doing anything. I will warn you not to give this company your real email address or your main email address because they email you every fucking day. I swear <laughs> I get. I swear I get an email from Ice Cream Nails every fucking day that there is like some new color or something they have to alert me about. But that said, they do have sales a lot. Okay, so okay. you probably don't have to pay full price. You can probably like buy three, get one half off, whatever. They always seem to be doing something. But I would recommend perhaps if you have a, an email you give out for just junk, I would definitely give them that one and not your main one. Good advice. All right. Is it time for my recommendation? It sure is. I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay. Potatoes. Potatoes. (laughs) Potatoes. Oh, sorry. I didn't have anything to recommend. So Liz did suggest that I recommend potatoes, which, again, is my standing recommendation. It's just always (laughs) potatoes. Um, So I put the call out to our Facebook group and said, the five, what are you enjoying that you would recommend to the other five? So I got those. But I think before I read those, I need to read... The other suggestion that Liz said that I should recommend, which is this article. <laughs> this is this is kind of Mac's recommendation. He's been laughing about this for days. Like, I'll just find him <laughs> chuckling somewhere. And it's about this. So this is an article from CBC uh, Radio, I think. Yeah, CBC Radio. And if you want to look this up yourself, which I highly recommend it because, it, honestly, I'm going to be chuckling about this for days. It's hilarious. And the pictures, you really got to see the accompanying pictures. The The title of this article is German Nudist Goes on Birthday Suit Pursuit of Wild Boar Who Stole His Laptop. Yep. Common day occurrence. <laughs> Why <laughs> even put that in the newspaper? Is a thing that happens. So I'm just going to read some of the highlights of this article. A German man who was trying to enjoy a swim on a scorching afternoon at a lake in Berlin frequented by nude bathers ended up in hot pursuit of an unusual thief, a wild boar. Nearby, Adele Landauer was also relaxing after a refreshing skinny dip when she noticed a wild boar and her two babies had ventured out of the nearby woods and were helping themselves to a pizza brought there by unwitting swimmers who were in the lake at the time. She, there were babies. There too? were two. There's two babies. Have you seen the picture? It's really hilarious. And there's I, little, there's I two did, little- but I. I guess I didn't notice the babies. That's so funny. There's two little babies. Uh, So she got on her phone to capture some pictures of the boars uh, for her granddaughter when an even more cheeky scene began to unfold. Oh, 
that's, that's writing right there. After finishing the pizza, the mother boar ventured over to a bright yellow shopping bag. They took the bag and ran away. But as it happens, the bag contained the laptop of a man who was swimming at the time. Uh, so he starts running after these boars. And apparently all of the people like hanging out started cheering on the boars. Uh, that's mean! <laughs> they were, they, were sh- are- they were shouting, go for it! Yes, yes! <laughs> As this man is naked chasing these boars around. Uh... Yeah, this is honestly hilarious. The I picture think he, is like <laughs> it should be recreated in an oil painting and put in a museum. Like it's just, it's so good. It's really funny. I highly recommend looking this up. It's I'm so glad someone was able to capture a picture of it because <laughs> you would just never believe it to just hear about it. <laughs> really funny okay so now on to some of our listeners recommendations there's quite a few so i'll probably just rapid fire these uh listener nora suggests a counted cross stitch company that makes um patterns mostly snarky patterns which are some of my favorite cross so if you're a cross stitcher you might want to look up steph x stitch on etsy i'm looking at one right now that is land before time theme and it's Littlefoot, and it says motherfucking tree stars bitch uh-huh. did you ever yeah. watch the land before time oh of course tree did st- i have those hand puppets from pizza hut sure did <laughs> the sure land did, before bitches. time was, was so sad uh, oh my god all, the, back all movies at that era are super sad secret of nim yes. oh, so yes. sad this is uh, why we're this is why we're all warped they would never make stuff for kids like that now it's like and then everything died and then their parents died okay listeners sarah is recommending big brother apparently there is an all-star season happening right now which i think is uh, honestly escapism reality tv i can understand it and on a related note uh listener sarah says that a former contestant named audrey started her own social strategy game called sequester I have no idea what this is. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, she's uh, Listener Sarah says that they're doing it and it's a blast. So check it out if that's something you're interested All in. All right. Social strategy game. It sounds like the opposite of anything I'd ever want to do. But if you're yeah, more extroverted, you may want to look into that. Liz, um, you know how you hate socializing and you hate games? Man, oh, man. We have the <laughs> thing for you. Uh Listener Annie, hi Annie, suggests the show Insecure on HBO. Oh yeah, I've been meaning to watch that. Apparently there's four seasons and it's very bingeable. Uh, Listener Elise suggests if you want to do crafty things that you may want to look into paper quilting or fluid pour painting, which I'm mesmerized by those fluid pour painting things. Yeah, that's true. Those are cool. I guess you can get kits on Amazon and on Michael's for pretty cheap. Um, Listener Lilani suggests... The YouTube channel Twins, the New Trend, which I actually saw going viral. These are two twin brothers who listen to music from before their time and react to it. They recently did a um, shoot. Now oh, the, the Phil Collins one. The, the Phil yeah. Collins. It just left my brain. They did the Phil Collins reaction that just went viral. Apparently, all of their videos are super nice. It's uh, very, super, very wholesome yes. entertainment. It's it, very pure. Uh, apparently, all of their videos are great. and You should check them out. Um, uh, listener Elise also suggests uh, Let's Make Art, which has art kits for $15 to $35. So if you're looking for something to do inside, that might be something to check out. 
listener KT suggests watching the original recipe Law and Order, which I think you always get behind that. I always, but you got to quit at like 9-11. It sounds weird, but the tone of that show completely changes after 9-11, as I realized in my rewatch and then abandoned because (laughs) man oh man is it a different show a different unwatchable show yeah yeah um listener ellie suggests a playlist of videos by self-described extreme minimalist um that does not sound like me at all Apparently, her voice is super soothing, so you might want to listen to this if that's something you're into. This is definitely not me either, but, you know, maybe some soothing background music. Listener Mary Jean, uh, OG listener, one of the OG five, recommends the YouTube channel Kittyosaurus, which is apparently adorable cats doing homemade obstacle courses. Where could you go around? All right. Listener Zainab. Uh, we miss you so much. Uh, recently moved to Chicago is suggesting, and I hope I pronounce this right, the Jelly Marble or Jelly Marble League on YouTube, which I looked into and is apparently marble racing. Listener Maria is suggesting a Etsy shop called Lear. <laughs> I can't pronounce things. Lee Arthas. L-E-E-A-R-T-H-A-U-S. And this is, oh my gosh, they have a capybara. This is... <gasps> art prints of animals doing like mundane human things so i'm looking at a whole bunch of little dogs in a bathtub the one that caught my eye was this print of capybaras eating donuts and drinking coffee oh they have a whole capybara series what this is a capybara eating some wine and cheese this is a capybara eating a taco uh here's a capybara eating some ramen i'm into that Okay, oh, you man, should definitely check them out on Etsy. Sorry, I struggled to pronounce that name. That's the last one. So check those out. We're not going to put these on the website. There's too many. But if you are on Facebook, you can go join our Facebook group and you'll see the thread if you want to find links to some of these Etsy shops. Um, our listeners always have great suggestions and great recommendations when I don't have something to recommend. I guess I did. I had that article about the nudist chasing the yeah. wild boar. But, you, you know. You just brought in some extra content. Your mileage actually... may vary with that one. I mean, it's it's well worth a look. Uh, <laughs> I actually have a recommendation update. Ooh! Before I almost forgot, but before I forget, I listened to the no sleep version of Baraska. Ah, yes. So okay. as as you may recall, last week I recommended the audio drama Baraska from Q Code, which I am low key obsessed with, and that started off as a. Um, no sleep reddit post by ck walker i believe that's not really her name but um the no sleep podcast did a recording of that for their season seven finale so it's season seven episode 25 and it's much shorter than the q code one it's just over two hours but i was wrong when i said it was just a reading they do have a full cast um but there's a lot more narration and there's a lot less dialogue obviously because they it's you know it's a lot shorter um so it is a bit different i think if i had listened to this first i don't know that i would be as into the story because it doesn't pull you in. it's hard to know because now i already know what happens you know but sure. um it doesn't have these like same mysterious elements that keep stringing you along like it kind of has the setup and then you find out much faster right like it sets okay. all the things into yeah. place and then it's like and here's what's going on and it's kind of like oh but it, in a way that, that might have made it more jarring because 
I don't know that things seemed like as bad. And then you find out was, you know, it's, I don't, if you're curious about it, it's not bad. I think it's still worth a listen, but I definitely liked the other one more. So definitely listen to the other one first. Yeah. And I listened to it kind of hoping it would answer some questions that I had from the other one. And that absolutely did not happen. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, maybe this will be explained. Maybe this, and then I was like, no, none of that is even in this because it's, so much shorter so sure whatever that's the update on that um if there's a different episode of the no sleep podcast that you would recommend let me know i mean there's so many episodes i kind of don't even know where to begin but if that's something you're more knowledgeable about give me a line Yeah. yeah so i think that pretty much wraps it up curtis is like rolling around being super cute right now oh curtis hi curtis he says hi he misses you um, and he also wants everyone to leave us a five-star review. So yes, please you kind of have to do it. You have to do it because Curtis said so. Think about that. That's the law. Um, you can also follow us on the social medias at Perhaps It's You on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have two Facebook groups. If you're still on Facebook, you can check us out. We have a regular Facebook group that I just talked about and a spinoff Facebook group for people who are playing Animal Crossing. It makes total uh, sense. Also, we have a website. Um Maybe I'll update our recommendations on there. There's also all of our contact info. You can listen to episodes, blah, blah, blah. That's perhaps it's you.com. Um, and Patreon this month is going to also be for the Unsolved Mysteries reboot. I think we're doing episodes three and four. Yes. So you're going to want to cough up at least a dollar, at least one almighty dollar to listen to that and to listen to our episodes about the low files. Yeah. <laughs> I know that you're curious. Also, after those came out, Roblo started a podcast. I know. What's up with that? I think we inspired Roblo to start his podcast. No, it can't probably. be. Probably. <laughs> I'm sure he's definitely heard of us. Uh, I'm sure that wasn't something he was planning for a long time. No. Roblo, you have to give us at least a dollar. Come on. Yeah. Come on, Roblo. I know, you have, I know you've got it. I know you, I, I, you don't carry around a wallet, but I know you got a dollar. <laughs> Um, isn't there something else that we say? Uh, Why can I never remember? Social media, website. Oh, you should send us your ghost stories or perhaps your psychic dreams or any other paranormal encounters. Perhaps you podcast gmail.com. Uh, we will be having some merch coming out soon. So keep your, your eyes peeled for that. You're going to want an update. And I will be working on the zine as well. So there's that. I think that's pretty much everything. I'm suddenly super tired. I know. Should we just all take naps now? I think that's, you know, we should have a snack and then take a nap. All right. Do that, everybody. Keep barking. Bye. Bye.